and it's recording. I put my hair in a braid so that it, my hair wouldn't be constantly moving against <laughs> my AirPods. So like, I don't think I'll be moving the head this much, but does that you can like any sort of hair? It doesn't look like it. We're a very bare bones operation. face. It's been a really, really long time since I've done an episode, but um, I'm really, really excited for our guest today, Caroline, Carolina Soto. Do you want to say hi to the people? Hi, people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on. This is, I think both of us talked about how this is sort of like a a jump into the uncomfortable for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that we're doing this together. <laughs> Woo! You can't see me, but I'm fist bumping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited that you agreed to do this after I accosted you at a coffee shop. Um, which Remember for those we used to go to places. Yes, <laughs> back in the day. Um, I wish that would happen again. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe someday it will. Um, in case you guys haven't guessed, we're recording this during the quarantine time. Um, so we've been stuck in our houses and. Doing this remotely, um, so yeah. how I got Carolina to be on was I saw her at a coffee shop, and I was like, you, you said a thing, and I really loved it, <laughs> and I was like, can you come on my podcast, I need your number, <laughs> and she said yes, um, and then it does, yes, and if those of you that know me, um, that is very much on brand for me. Um, to accost somebody in random places and force them to do things. <laughs> I don't feel forced, by the way. Okay, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> so I I wanted to have Carolina on because I she posted something on Instagram because apparently that's what we do now. And, you know, she said some things that were, like, really powerful and really resonant to me. Um, so I just want to start off uh, by reading the beginning part of her post, and then we will jump right in baby okay she starts off her post going i'm about to share some real stuff um feeling hashtag feeling honest might delete to put it mildly the last few years of my faith journey have been rocky it's been hard as hell hanging on and leaning in but i've done it if i'm being honest part of that was selfish i wasn't ready to walk away from so much familiarity but another part a whisper Really, a very compelling whisper, though, <laughs> was because I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something more there, that it wasn't all for naught, and I was committed to seeking that through. Even if in the end, I walked away, at least I really gave it a try. Before we move on, this is not a, I was losing faith, and then really, <laughs> and then this really massive supernatural spiritual thing happened that changed everything, and now I have no more doubts kind of story. I have doubts, so many doubts. I have these undeniable, seemingly insignificant, if you're not paying attention, moments that have beautifully broken me. So that was the first part. Um, it's, I love the entire post. Let me just start by saying that. Um, Thanks for, for liking my rambling. I mean, I ramble too, so it's fine. Um, but... I just want to start by there because I think we're in this space and especially with a lot of the people that we know, um, you know, we are young and we're kind of having to live on our own, but we're also in this space where a lot of, I think, traditional aspects of faith um, and having faith in spirituality has become like really difficult. Um, and especially in times like these, when you may not feel like things are working for you, when we are quarantined inside our homes, uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden everybody's baking bread, um, it's it can be it can be scary. It can be scary to know that like some people are going home to not safe places now, right? And don't have that right. kind of release, like. And I think as Christians, you see people out in the world doing certain things and they're calling themselves Christian and it may not reflect <clears throat> what you necessarily believe. Right. Um, and so your post kind of wrapped up for me, like so many feelings that I've had, especially since moving to DC. Um, 
-hmm. that I've never had to be confronted with before. So do you want to like start off there and kind of tell me your thoughts when you're writing this? Um, I have shared multiple times with you (laughs) (laughs) that this is something that I haven't talked about a lot with people I don't know well, um, much less on the internet. (laughs) That was sort of my like first kind of introduction to a broader audience. Um, without the element of like a, a convert, a back and forth conversation, you know? Um, so I really wanted to make sure that as I was writing that post, like I, you know, the internet's like a, it's a funny place. And I think we can all agree that it's, it's a place where you can like really, you can express, I mean, so many different elements of who you are and what you do in your daily life. And people just sort of follow along because that's kind of mm-hmm. what we do now. Like, yeah. it's like mm, all the time people are like, oh, I saw you on your stories. <laughs> doing this, this, this. You know, it's and not like, creepy anymore. Like, like. <laughs> right. Um, you Like, my sisters and I joke about how, you know, it's like we were like, oh, I Facebook stalked that someone. We're like, well, let's be honest. It's just Facebooking. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's like. That's, that's what that was the, there the for. Like. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and so I think when I was writing this post like you know it's been like I try to be pretty like honest on the internet like I post a lot of funny things but then I also try to throw in like some real life stuff but I haven't actually spoken about that part of things Mm -hmm. of my life and in my faith journey and so um I would say like about three I want to say three years ago I sort of had this moment where I don't know if it was like the veil was lifted, but mm-hmm. like I was really confronted with a lot of things about my faith and how I, how I traverse that, mm-hmm. that path. Um, and, and part of that, you know, I was on staff at a, at a church mm-hmm. full time and, um, and I found it really difficult to sort of navigate those those thoughts and the, not the, not to say that the people around me like weren't willing to navigate that with me. Yeah. I just think that you know taking into consideration like where I come from and like there was questions just weren't allowed. I guess a lot of the time. And so anyway, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But anyway, like th- that post, I just wanted to make sure that like this isn't like something that I'm that I figured out. And I think if anything, if I figure out anything, this is something that's going to be an, a lifelong journey for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be for for everybody. I think faith and the way you operate in faith and, and filter the world and all those things, those change over time and, and evolve. And um, yeah, and I just wanted to make sure that people weren't like making these any sort of like, especially Christians, if I'm being honest, like some sort of poster child mm-hmm. for like, oh, well you know, she struggled and now she's not. And like, look what God can do, (laughs) you know? And, and I just, I don't want to be that because I feel like that just shuts people down. That's, that's shut me down, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, I wasn't strong enough to, you know, to tackle this or to like press through it, you know? And so I guess like, I'm just a lesser human and I didn't want anyone, regardless of whether they have faith or they don't have faith, or if it's a different faith than me, like, it's, you know, it's, I, I wanted people to like, just kind of know me better. Mm-hmm. That was the point. It wasn't like, I want to teach you a lesson, but it was like, I want you to know me better. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's important to be authentic, especially on those, in those types of spaces. Mm-hmm. So I went on a little tangent and then I stopped myself. <laughs> um, listen, hopefully we brought it back. If you listen to an episode, half of the shows are tangents. <laughs> <laughs> like the longer we're in quarantine the more the more and more weird I get so Mm -hmm. um yeah this is this is gonna be fun for you I mean everyone else same like I'm I know I'm weird and strange but like (laughs) my and my roommate knows that like she knows that but like she's getting the full dosage now yes (laughs) then only like the after work on the weekends dosage yeah um (laughs) Yeah, you don't get to, like, spread it amongst the people in your life to make you seem less weird. It's, yes. like, really just concentrated with those that to this you're one in time of period. Right yes, yes, it is, and hopefully soon it will come to an end. Um, <laughs> but I think I think what's important to mention here is that, like, you being on staff at the church that we go to was, it was not just that. It was, like, you weren't just, like, in the background. Like, you were also on the worship team. Yeah. 
and we live in like a culture like we live in a hillsong culture as i like to call it um <laughs> where like you know they're kind of like immortalized because like they can sing and i they you know they wear birkenstocks all the time and they got a guitar <laughs> with them at all points of day for no reason um yes. and i think we kind of and so we kind of think like oh my gosh that world is like perfect and that person's perfect and that person's on stage is perfect and um I think it's I think it's so interesting because I think a lot of people would look at you and think oh my gosh this this beautiful girl who can beautifully sing and she's on staff at this church and she has friends and like what is that like for you did you feel like you were living with some type of mask on because I I feel that we all live in that way yeah I mean I I think for sure like um, I think that was also part of my struggle was like, like these people don't know that the stuff that I'm dealing with, like in, in internalizing and trying to figure out and all of like half the stuff, I mean, like that I thought I believed is now like either in question or I don't believe it anymore, you know, you know what I mean? And, and so it was like, is this like morally wrong for me to be leading worship <laughs> <laughs> while in this mindset, you know? And, and I think like what that helped me sort of, yeah. And I, and yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people sort of have like assumptions about anybody that's sort of like on a platform and what their life is like or what their spirit, especially their spiritual life mm -hmm. because of that culture. Right. Like, and like, I know lots of people from Hillsong and they're fantastic people. Yes. Yeah, so like, yeah, no, no, I know, I know what you mean. I, yeah. I, I hear your heart and like feel it. And yeah. Yeah. But like, and they would they would say the same things where they're just like I'm I'm just a person you know like which sounds silly and like very celebrity to to say like I'm just a person I like you you know <laughs> just hair flips in the wind and but that's I mean it's true like it's you know we're just we're kind of in this together but I think there has there is this sort of like Christian celebrity kind of culture that's been um, perpetuated or created over the last like. 10, 15, 20 years. <clears throat> I mean, even longer, but like, especially with the development of like social media and stuff, it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. And so, yeah, I mean, I think I definitely felt or have felt that pressure to sort of present this specific side of me. <clears throat> and then like, at the same time, I felt like, oh, well, is it wrong if I'm struggling or if I doubt as I'm like in this leadership role or, you know, leading worship and, and I think what that has, like, going through what I've, or, like, as I've started to sort of, I mean, for lack of a better term, like, deconstruct, and then as I'm putting things kind of back together, um, I have gained a greater depth in what, like, how important it is to have leaders that are, like, questioning these things, and, like, to have leaders that are, like, in a position that just don't quote unquote have it together. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, cause none of us do. And, and I think for, for me, like I know that I would appreciate knowing that there's somebody up there on that platform or someone, you know, whether they're singing or they're speaking, like they're coming from a place of like, Hey, I've been through some hard stuff. Like, and not just like, I'm not, I'm actually not going to give an example, but like, <laughs> cause I don't know, <laughs> we all have different capacities for hardship, but just to know that they've like, they've experienced like doubt and they're actively working through it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're actively trying to pursue, um, truth and to pursue, um, God in the midst of it. And, um, even if it's hard and difficult and they don't feel like it, you know, and, and yeah. So I think for me, it's like, I've, I've recognized that I, I feel like there's like a depth that I've gained in mm -hmm. going through this while also leaning into leading worship and being part of teams or continuing to be part of teams. And for me, like, I would say, that not every like I would say that I have a privilege in this because at NCC like we have so many fantastic leaders mm -hmm. that are totally okay and actually expect you 
like like expect you to not be okay mm-hmm. at points. You know what I mean? Like it's okay to not be okay. I don't know how many times that I've been told that. Um, and it's been exemplified to, to me personally, you mm-hmm. know, so I had a really strong, have a really strong, um, group of people, whether they are on staff or they're not on staff, you know, they're just people we go to church with that. I knew that like, regardless of my identification in faith, they were going to love me mm-hmm. anyway. Like they mm-hmm. were going to like accept me anyway and love me anyway, but they're also going to like ask me good questions and like check in on me and and that kind of thing. And so I think part of what made has made this like journey possible, if that's Mm -hmm. the right word for me, like has been that element. You know, I think it's so instrumental in being able to, um, yeah, being able to navigate this road because for a while there, like when I wasn't talking to anybody about mm-hmm. it, when I wasn't opening up at all, like I was very much um, closer to being like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just going to mm-hmm. like, lots of people walk away from faith. I'll just be another one, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> like, it's not the end of the world. There's lots of things I can do. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, and so, yeah, so it just, so I'm, yeah, so I'm thankful for the community. I, I just think it's, like, so important to have strong community. And not everybody has that. That experience yeah. is what I've experienced or what, you know, lots of us are experiencing, you know. And so, um, and again, like, your, like, someone's experience with MCC could absolutely be different than mine. And I validate that and acknowledge that. that. Um, <clears throat> but that has been mine. And I think, yeah, I just, that's. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's, you know, double back a little bit. Kind of what was your main catalyst for starting this journey? You know, the unexpected mm-hmm. journey as, as a yeah. hobbit would say, you know, what are we? <laughs> um, okay. If you talk to anybody that sort of, um, has is experiencing any type of like faith deconstruction they'll they'll kind of have like you're like you're you're right they'll have some sort of like catalyst or moment and mine was really simple um part of it is like really personal to me and so i probably i won't share it but another part which is just as instrumental in this is i think it like career wise Mm -hmm. um i for my my career for 11 years was leading worship Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school for, for music and, um, like I was a worship pastor and then I came here and then I was on staff at NCC and mm-hmm. like, and that was like always the goal. Like, and it was, yeah. you know, like my dream was to be on staff at, you know, a church and to be singing and songwriting and recording and I was doing it. It was awesome. And then like the beginning of 2017, I just sort of had this, like, I think I'm only doing this because I don't feel like I can do anything else. Mm. kind of thing and then that sort of um I don't do you are you are you hip on the Enneagram stuff yes I know what I am I am a two that's not surprising (laughs) (laughs) I love well I love all Enneagram types but I have a lot of twos in my life you guys are blessed people oh thanks i like to think so too i mean we have our flaws but you know continue everyone does everyone does anyway i'm an enneagram nine um and for those enneagram nines out there we're really good at suppressing our emotions and our thoughts and and like for me specifically i'm talented at doing that for like long periods of time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's wonderful when it finally all um explodes and so that was sort of that (laughs) like I think I, there were just some things in life, um, <clears throat> when it, yeah, like career stuff, which is obviously very directly tied to my spiritual life and my faith life. Um, and, and then also just like some stuff that I, you know, unresolved stuff from, I, I'm a pastor's kid. Um, ah, and well, so, for those of you out there um, that don't know, sometimes, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. um yeah, exactly. So I, there, there was just like a lot of things. I think there was external pressure for sure, but also like pressure that I put on myself, um, to be a certain way, to act a certain way, to have a picture like to, for my faith to look 
outwardly a, a specific way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I think that it was just sort of me like recognizing, oh, well, this, this, I'm not okay with this or I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and it's sort of, it was like the snowball effect. Like, I just remember like for a few months there, it was real dark because <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like this, like revelation but like oh I don't like that you know and then it was just kind of like one more thing and it was like oh my gosh and then just more and more like me acknowledging how I really feel and where Mm -hmm. I really am at and um you know and then at first feeling like I can't talk about this because I'm on staff at a church and Mm -hmm. like I'm sure that they would be fine with this and like if honestly if the roles were reversed and someone came to me with all these things like I would be like, oh my gosh, let's talk about it. Let's mm-hmm. work through it, blah, blah, blah. Like, but I don't do that for myself. You mm-hmm. know? And so that was also a good lesson in learning to treat myself as I would treat others. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, so like, so for me, it was, yeah, it was just sort of part of it was realizing like, I don't think I can do anything else. Um, and so, and then that kind of opened up more questions of like, well, what, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm what is, what is the point of this? (laughs) You know, like, how am I being effective for the kingdom? As one would, you know, say. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I was also just really burnt out. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that when you're burnt out doing anything, like, it's hard to, it's just hard to muster the motivation to, to be excited about it. And, um, and yeah, so it was just just a lot of things in self care honestly and not the not the let's do face masks and which is also self-care but like you know what I mean but like really the doing the work of um recognizing where I'm at and um acknowledging that and living in that and Mm -hmm. processing it um and then also like choosing to you know to take steps like different steps I guess forward um and yeah, for me, like, it was talking about where I'm at with those that are around me and trusting that, you know, they're going to have my back kind of thing. And um, also just, like, maybe I should have taken some time off. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. I, I navigated or have navigated that some parts very poorly. I think I'm better at it now um, in terms – because, I mean, it, yeah, like I said, it's tricky when your occupation – like, you're – career is wrapped up in your faith and wrapped up in your community and like everything sort of comes together it's like I don't know yeah I just I was working with like old um, yeah old just habits and patterns or thought patterns you know where like oh well I can't trust anyone to to like handle this you know Mm -hmm. that wasn't true so it's definitely been a process and but I would say that's like my very roundabout answer to answer your first question of like where this all started um but yeah so you talked about community and having community that you know would support you and and still love you no matter what but was there that fear though that when you have to not just like faith but a lot of different things you know I feel I feel like as someone in their 20s and it's just like I feel like I changed my mind every every minute and I'm worried that like oh my gosh I'm gonna lose some people because I changed my mind did you have that feeling at all you know oh for sure I mean I think yeah I I think part of like growing up in the church especially as a pastor's kid like you know part of why you do like sort of maintain like a level like a facade if you will or like a certain image is so that people won't reject you, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's Please. like anything in life, <laughs> Yeah. but especially, but when it's, you know, especially like when it's fueled or like, you know, by the, a community of faith, right? Like, and it's such a big part of your life. <clears throat> um, I mean, that's been my whole life. Like I've gone to church my entire life. There wasn't you know, and then I, and I decided to make it my career, (laughs) you know? And so, yeah, of course I, I really felt like I would lose people along the way. And, um, but I think also like, as I, at now, I mean, I'm 31, I'll be 32 in October. I think at that point, 
in my life. I, yeah, it was my late twenties, I guess. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just sort of had to like resign myself to like, yeah, maybe I'll lose people. But, but I think what's important here is like recognizing that the, the, I I don't know, like it's, (laughs) yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but in terms of, yeah, I, I definitely felt like people might walk away at that point but also I didn't if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. when I really thought about it it was it was more fear-based than like factual if that makes sense yeah yeah um and so of course like would they be happy for me to like feel solid in my faith and yeah but and would they would they feel uncomfortable maybe if I wasn't you know especially where I come from yeah (laughs) probably (laughs) but I think when I when I actually like stepped away from like the panic of it you Mm -hmm. know and, like, looked at, like, the cold, hard facts of, like, who I have in my life and the part that they play and what they really care about, um, I think I walked away with the greater confidence that, like, it's going to be okay. Like, I'm going to be fine. Um, I mean, at that point, I'd already, I don't know, I had, back in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with cancer. And... Uh, which a, a lot of people at church know, but, um, but I mean, now I'm like almost seven years removed from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I think just that experience in itself, like sort of reshaped and reframed a lot of how I look at the world as it should. <laughs> um, and thankfully, you know, like I'm, I'm good, I'm cleared and, you know, haven't, hasn't returned or anything, but yeah. So I think for me also, like just kind of. Um, pulling from that experience, um, which is also a really hard traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, just, yeah, I, I pulled a lot from, from what I learned and how I was just shaped from that. Um, and it just, it, yeah, I was able to kind of, kind of lay things out and, and look at it a little bit more, um, objectively, Mm -hmm. which helped in this. Anyway. So when you're kind of, when you kind of first started on this journey and I know you were saying you're kind of like, I can handle all of this by myself and I don't really need to talk to anybody. What did it feel like that first time, you know, that you actually said to somebody like, Hey, I'm not okay. What was that like for you? Um, there's a lot of crying. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair, you know, tears, um, they're a thing. For me, like, I'm a verbal processor, so if I sit with things for too long, mm-hmm. um, it just, I, yeah, it just, it takes a while to be able to articulate what I need to articulate. <laughs> what a gift many people have in being able to just say things directly. The way they want to say them <laughs> the first time, maybe even the second time. For me, it's like, 12 times and then I'm like okay I think I said what I want to say (laughs) so yes I mean it was but I mean is it was scary and I don't even remember who it was that I had told I think it was like I was dating someone at the time and I was just honest with him like and yeah I mean like I, I would say that he was like very like privy to a lot of that process for me um and so, especially in the beginning parts of, of that, um, yeah, and I, I would say, like, it was just, it was incredibly freeing, mm. but also scary, and, because, again, like, I think the way that I'm wired, I feel like I'm not allowed to, like, ask questions, I feel like I'm not allowed to, you know, really say what I want Mm -hmm. or think, you know? Um, and so, yeah. So I think for me, I, it just sort of, again, it was like the snowball effect Mm -hmm. where, you know, I told one person, um, and then I was like, Oh, okay. They're like still in my corner. (laughs) Let's try this again. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, and it was just sort of like tiptoes, like baby steps. Um, and then I eventually told the internet. So here we are. <laughs> Three years later, guys. Take a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all of this because I think the way in which we process things is obviously different 
for everybody, but I think for a lot of people, there is this fear that once you share it once, like people are going to judge you for it. And that I know that's always a fear of mine in this in in a space of vulnerability of just like how do we be vulnerable but still protect ourselves? And I think that's the tricky thing in all of this is that you can't be vulnerable and protect yourself at the same time. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's a totally. it's hard. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to balance. And and it's like how much do we care? I feel like I don't know. I wonder if it's about changing our mindset from being. Um, I need to protect myself too. I need to be vulnerable. And I, I wonder how we like change that mindset. You know what I mean? To not make us all feel so terrified of what it's like to share what we're really feeling. Right. Yeah. I think right more than ever. I think that it's, it's more and more okay to say you're not okay. You know, Mm -hmm. there's more information available um, about mental health and, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and acknowledging and like even just Brene Brown, what a gift. Oh, what, a, guys, what a gift. <laughs> Brene, let um, me tell you about her TED Talks. Oh, oh God. for real though. If you she, haven't um, gone on Netflix, she has like an hour, like an hour yeah. TED Talk. Yeah. Um, she has like a special. On her book, Daring Greatly, which is all about vulnerability. Also and very I, excellent book, friends. It is a great book. Um, I would love to say that I read that book in it in the middle or the beginning of that. And, it, you know, I, I had to learn a lot of things the hard way, but <laughs> which I guess most of us do. But when I, when I read her book, I was like, this just is so validating, <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah, but I think, yeah, I think vulnerability is just so instrumental in cultivating like real community, mm-hmm. um, in, and real community just is so instrumental in in living like a really authentic life and and really dealing with what you have like what you have to deal with because life is life and it's not always easy and um, that's why I like to say like not everybody that experiences any sort of deconstruction has the same path and story as I do and you know they decide to walk away from faith and I think it's not because they weren't strong enough all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it does have to do with the people that you have around you. And, yeah. um, and sometimes, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, it's like, for me, it's, it's hard to like give any sort of like, this is how it is. This yeah. is how it works. Cause I don't really know. Um, I just know <laughs> that my own experience and, um, and I, and I recognize the blessing that I've experienced or the privilege that I have with the people that I do have in my life. Um, yeah. And if others have a different experience, it's their experience, you know, and that's their process. And that's, and maybe that's like a little too like, live your life, do what you want. (laughs) I, I don't, yeah, I don't mean for it to come off that way, but like, kind of, you know, like in terms of it just, things work out the way they work out and sometimes they're yeah just it it reflects differently in our lives and so I don't want anyone to ever feel like hearing when they're hearing my story oh I wasn't strong enough in faith or I wasn't you know like to to feel any sort of like shame or lack because their story is different from mine if that makes sense and I feel like that's how a lot of people get treated And that's a lot of what they're told. I mean, even if you look at, like, I'm sure... Have you seen that meme that, like, has been going around? It's, like, um, during this time, like, if you didn't start that book, if you didn't start that bit, like, you're not being productive enough or something. Like, something like that. And You mean the meme that makes me want to punch the creator in the throat? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I've I've loved, like, the redoings that people have done of it. Like, no, it just means that you're minding your business. Like, I think some I think because like things like that like drive me crazy because there is then this idea that you have to be constantly doing and perfecting and we've lost like I think the idea of a hobby in the sense of like I feel like always like your hobbies need to like become side hustles and need to be lucrative you can't just like Right. You can't just knit anymore. You have to be, like, knitting to, like, sell it or, like, knitting for babies at the hospital. Shop. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, like, that to me, And instead of just, like, kind of being, like, well, I just, like, to, I've been knitting the same scarf for, like, three years, okay? 
it's just relaxing when you're watching a little insecure a little westworld you know like it's just it's did you, just did you knit while you watched the new episode of insecure no i didn't but i have a lot of feelings about molly and i need her to get it together i do too i really need <laughs> <laughs> that's for my next podcast insecure yeah, I know. This could really take a tangent, and I, yeah, we can talk about it. We can talk well, about it. honestly, it does kind of relate, because I think when you talk about growth and, like, being able to, like, step like away, if you guys haven't watched Insecure, what are you doing with your life? You know you have a friend who has an HBO password. I don't understand. I am <laughs> I probably that, that friend. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that would be a good life choice. Um, I don't want to question your life decisions, but I might a little if you don't watch it. Insecure. insecure. It's so it can tell you so much about life, but That's like true. Molly just like is back on her, you know, her bullshit, and I'm just like Molly, yeah. what are we doing? What are we? I know she she's but like I mean, not growing. Right. Well, I mean, and the the thing is, is like we can all kind of see a little bit of ourselves in Molly. Oh, and that's like why obviously why Issa is writing the way that she's writing. She's writing about real life. I mean, I watched a little bit of her Instagram block party. Yes, I do. And she like, talked about. <laughs> and she did. Talk, she talked about how this this season in particular for her like is coming from like a really vulnerable place because you know she's writing a lot about just the different relationships in her life and um, and, and just that she writes about real life or they write about mm-hmm. real life. You know. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that Molly was saying, I was like, oof, I've been there. <laughs> Cause you've <laughs> been Molly and you've like... been Issa. Like, that's the thing. Right. Like you've been, right. you've been both of them. Cause I think in relation to obviously what this whole entire episode of our podcast is about is like, Issa is like trying to grow and she's trying to like bring people along with her or she was trying to let her community know what she was doing. But like, like, sorry, spoilies, but you know, when, when Issa found out that, um, Calandra, I know I'm saying her name wrong. Um, how do you say it? Calendor? No. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Uh, Lawrence's new boo. Yes. Who, ah, yeah. oh, love. Anyway, she, like, when they, when she found out that, like, Lawrence was, like, now dating her and they, those two are friends, she, like, tried to call molly and molly didn't answer and then molly got all butthurt when she found out she's like why didn't you tell me she's like i tried to tell you right so there's like exactly i feel like that's just like a metaphor and i think like so many people are in that space of like i tried to tell you but you just like weren't there you just weren't listening and i tried and then instead of like being supportive in that space when she found out my decision it's like, well, your life doesn't have to be this messy, right? <laughs> right. Totally. Absolutely. When I'm like, Molly, you're right now you are the queen of The Queen of messy. Mass. She like, a married man. The Queen of Mass. The Queen right. of Mass. But right. um yeah, I just I anyway, watch and scare. But I feel like <laughs> that's get you get nothing else out of this episode, watch and scare. Um, but I feel like I feel like that is is such a thing because like when you're like I don't know I feel like we're kind of told that it's you know you're not okay it's not it's not okay to not be okay and that you should kind of just like bring all your problems to the to to the Lord and like he will fix them and if you if you didn't work hard enough and that's always kind of the mindset is like you're not working yeah. hard enough. You're not doing enough. And how do you know? How do you know that person's not doing enough? How do you know they haven't applied for 60,000 jobs? You know what I mean? How do you know they haven't been going to therapy every single week? How do you know they haven't been praying every single day? And I think it really um, demoralizes us right. when people tell us we're not doing enough. And you don't Absolutely. know the work that we've... And all that work that you've been putting in. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that is, I think that is, like, kind of the fatal flaw of our society. And, like, I know that we are in a space where we are, like, very blessed to even have these issues. And I think, at least for me, like, having immigrant parents can sometimes, and by sometimes I mean all the time, 
shout out to you, Jamala. I love you. Um, because <laughs> she will listen and she will have I'm, feedback. <laughs> I'm also a child of an immigrant. My dad is from Chile, from South America. Ooh. Um, moved here when he was 20, 21. Okay, so you're saying that, so that's yeah. like a spiffy, yeah. and it's just like this, this kind of like idea that like. Well, you know, we didn't have to do this. You have this. You should be, and you should just right. be, like, excelling. You should just be. Right. It's like, okay, but, like, that doesn't mean I can't have problems. I'm sorry. I know. Or make mistakes. Make the wrong decisions. All the wrong decisions. <laughs> We're working Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Shout out to Andre. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to listen. I don't know if I want him to listen. <laughs> I don't mean it, Dad, if he do listen. I'm just it's like, I still love you, but. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I guess, like, did you, did you have to lose any people along this journey, or did you get to keep everybody? I don't know. I don't, at this point, I don't think so. Um, I, I know that specifically I did distance myself from some people. Mm. Um, some of it, some, like, some people I, like, come back around to, um, but I think for me, like, I recognize, like, I need a little space from this environment. Mm. Like, I think, <laughs> this is going to sound so weird, but I already said that it was going to be weird. But <laughs> um, I think for me, what I'm, like, right now in this mm-hmm. very season of life dealing with is, like, I don't really trust Christians that much. Like, I only trust the Christians that I know. Mm, mm, <laughs> like, mm. Which I understand that's kind of a problem, maybe. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's something I'm working to, like, I, but, yeah, I mean, I think, one, coming from, like, a past, like, being a pastor's kid and then also, you know, working in the church, like, and knowing how things are behind the scenes, like, across the board, not just at NCC, whatever. Um, yeah, I just, I, over time, have gotten, like, pretty critical and, um Or, like, I don't know, like, then I ride the line of critical and realistic, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But, so it's been something I've worked on, but, like, in terms of, so, yeah, I would say that's probably, at first, why I, like, distanced myself. Because I was Mm -hmm. like, ah, I don't know this person very well, so I'm not going to put my business out there like that with them Mm kind of thing. And so, um, I think what I was trying to do, the heart behind it, rather was to kind of approach this what I was experiencing kind of in smaller chunks if that makes sense Mm because I was feeling a lot really overwhelmed trying to figure it out and tackle it all in one Mm -hmm. um, one swoop so yeah so for me like I distanced myself um and part of that was choosing to like um, leave NCC staff, you know, mm-hmm. and it wasn't because I didn't love NCC. I mean, obviously, I obviously still am part of things, um, like very involved, and and I, I think almost like you're still on staff. That's almost so- like I'm still on staff. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it was like, okay, I need like recognizing. I think is, and and I'm grateful for the wisdom that I that I had, but also that people spoke into my life. Um, in navigating this because I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't want to like have any sort of falling out. I mean, no Mm -hmm. one does, I guess, but, um, but I wanted to like, I don't know. I I didn't want to react with emotion, you know, because I was like, my emotions are going to change. And I actually took a whole year of kind of working through stuff, um, before I decided to leave staff. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so, which I thought was, I mean, it was hard for sure, you know, but I think it was what I needed to do. And it was the, you know, um, a way to honor myself and honor those that were around me and in this process. And, and so, yeah, so I, I would say I distanced myself from, from some groups, I guess. And it wasn't because they were bad people or they were unsupportive. Mm-hmm. They largely had no idea <laughs> what I was going <laughs> that through. That I slipped away uh, you know, quietly. <laughs> but I, what I really did was I kind of zoned in on, or I, I zeroed in on on those that, um, yeah, that that were just like really in my community, like in my mm-hmm. inner circle, and um, I did eventually. I, I guess I should do that. There were definitely some 
groups of friends that I was like looking back I'm like that probably wasn't the greatest decision to have invested that much time mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, but didn't make some great decisions but at the end of the day like you know um, I definitely become less critical and you know I don't know I don't know where I'm gonna end that thought but <laughs> but I think what you're saying is correct because I think like not just with Christians not trusting other people of groups that you used to be part of. Um, I like, I've noticed, I think I used to be a lot more open. And now I'm very much not as open. Just because I just, I stopped trusting people along the way for certain things. Um, And I get the whole like not trusting all Christians that you don't know. And I get I get that one hundred percent because you're not the only person I've ever heard that from. Not even the only person I've heard that from who's been on the podcast. It's <laughs> not, and it's not to say that I don't like you know no, other yes. people. Like it's just like I'm not. I'm probably not going to invest my time with. I don't know. At least right now, <laughs> it's no. It's hard. And it could change. You know. It's hard. It's hard. I think I think we be because like when you're in a group, you get jaded by that group. So it's like it's like that. This is gonna be. It's really bad. But like the very shallow idea of like like pretty people have no like personality or like something yeah. something stupid like that. And it's like okay, well they're beautiful, so I'm not really going to invest my time because I know this really isn't going to go anywhere because they probably have... Like, you know what I mean? That very yes. stupid trope of, like... Right. You can't right. rely on looks and kind of thing. Um, I mean, it's very stupid, and I don't fully believe in it, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think that is something to be said for something like that because, um, because I think we, by our experiences and by our environment, we've had certain people around us that have said certain things in the name of one God or another. And it's not what you were taught or what you see or what you, you know what I mean? How you interact. And so it's, it's really hard to, to struggle and kind of understand that space. And so sometimes you got to just stick with what you know. And I think, I think that's, I think that's hard for us as people. Cause I think in some ways we want to be trusting. Um, Right. And then, something happens and then we're just it's you know survival (laughs) just like we're not gonna do that again totally and I think for me like there a lot there's uh, some parts of my theology I would say a lot of my theology has (laughs) changed a lot and Mm -hmm. I know or I don't trust that in certain groups of people they're gonna like they're they're I I yeah I would say like part of my distancing is like yeah like I'm zeroing in on like those are my community that I can like invest in that are close to me but also part of it is like a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. because I'm like I don't want to be like I'm like yeah do you know doing the pre-work of you like being rejected (laughs) so like I'm just like rejecting myself from them rather than letting them reject me yes um that's probably not the most eloquent way to to express that idea but you get what I say oh I 100% Um, do because I think we do that yeah, part of that is, like, for sure, me <laughs> um, I'm trying not to um, be rejected ahead of time, I guess. And so... So what have you gained throughout this process? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. I would say that... Um, I've gained, like, a greater depth in my relationship with God and Mm. this sounds so cliche, but like, um, I think what I did realize or have realized is how much of my faith journey or relationship with God is, has been contingent on other people and how they, Mm. um, interact with me or what they do and, and that kind of thing. And especially when they reflect, the character of God poorly, in my opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's like affected my relationship with God. And so I've, I've had to reflect on that. And I, I mean, I'm still currently am like, you know, any, anytime I feel any sort of like, Oh, I don't like that. or That's ugly. Or that's like messy. Or mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of that. Like, it's like, well, why, like, why do I think that? 
Um, because then I like feel myself, you know, like being like, Oh God, why, mm-hmm. why did you let that happen? Why did you let them represent you? Why would you, you know, like, and it's, you know, and then I like feel myself sort of backing away <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, and so it's definitely, I think one thing that I've learned is like, is how much my relationship has been contingent on the actions of other people rather than just like me really like leaning into relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I've become much more um, inclusive of other people, the process, like wh- whether they're like experiencing a, you know, a crisis of faith or otherwise, like, just respecting their process. Like, cause I think if someone had tried to come at me with any sort of answers, like, I mean, like, that's just not how life works. You know what I mean? Like in terms mm-hmm. of, like, there's no like ultimate answer in terms of like, this is how you figure this problem out. And then it's figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then yeah. it, like, uh, I guess you could argue like Jesus is the ultimate answer, but <laughs> don't be that person though, <laughs> but I'm not going to, <laughs> But I know that other people are thinking it, so I just have to throw it out there and make a joke. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think honoring people's process and, like, not trying to come at them with any sort of answer, but, like, really just offering support and being a place of trust. And I think that's a really profound um, position to be in, and that's been the most transformative for me, um, especially, we're, like, we're Christians who are that for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um because being like real reflections of who God is, um, which, you know, support and trust and love and acceptance and those sorts of things. Um, I would say <laughs> for better or for worse, I'm like less into like the spiritual feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I have more reverence for when those moments happen is, as opposed to like expecting them to be. 100% all the time, like, mm. knowing that, like, I don't know, like, I, there's a song that I wrote with Emily Hendrickson, um, as well as um, this uh, dear friend named Mark Schoolmeasters, um, and he's come to write with us a few times, mm-hmm. um, but we wrote a song, and they, rather, and they sort of helped me articulate, I guess, like a, wow, this is hard, why was speaking hard um but we wrote a song difficult. called ordinary ordinary a beautiful our, like, song <laughs> it's on our friends. like new album mm-hmm. that will come out eventually mm-hmm. um but uh, initially like what it's all about is like my experience after leaving ncc staff and i decided to work at a coffee shop i worked mm-hmm. uh, at peregrine espresso in eastern market for a whole year. great coffee guys it is great coffee. You should, um, you can do pickup at any of their locations <laughs> and buy gift cards. Um, the Mid City, aka 14th Street, and um, Eastern Market locations also have like a, like a walk up window, in case you don't want to order on the app. Anyway, <laughs> go support them. Make sure they survive this. Um, All this, this business. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so I worked there, and, like, it sounds so silly to me when I say it out loud, but I'm like, you know what, we all got to learn these lessons eventually. At least I learned it, um, even though, though I feel like it was a little late in life. But I, every day, like, I had people come into my orbit, um, and that eventually became my community, um, you know, where I didn't know their faith background. Um, I didn't know if they believed what I believe, I just knew that they expressed kindness. And when like many, like they would see a need and they would meet the need, you know, like without question. And it's not like they're, you know, posting about it anywhere or like trying to get any sort of notoriety from it. Mm -hmm. It's like, they're just being like beautiful people, like and serving their community and being supportive to those around them. And, I think, and, and often I found out like, oh, well, yeah, no, they're like an atheist or they <laughs> have a different faith than I do. And, um, but I just really, I, I was able to see such beautiful reflections of the character of God. Mm-hmm. And it was really a profound experience for me. And that like 
and it wasn't like this super spiritual moment, you know, it was like mm-hmm. almost these like whispers of like, Hey, this is me working. Hey, that's me over there. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's me over there. You know? And my, and over time I found out like, or I, I just found myself feeling more, like more and more like impacted and changed by these people around me that were just such beautiful humans and whether they knew it or not, um, were such beautiful reflections of the heart of God and who he is. And, and Peregrine kind of became my church, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they, so they helped me write that song. And I think for me, like I just, God is just found in the ordinary of life, not always in these like curated moments that, you know, in a worship service or, or whatever, um, where someone's playing the one and four on the keyboard and <laughs> talking in, you know, a really spiritual voice. And you're like, Oh, I hear God. Deep um, soothing pause every so yeah, often. Exactly. Right. Right. right, right. Of the there's anything wrong with any of that. But it's like, I think we can be fooled into thinking that those are the moments that we're really going to have transformative experiences. And I think for me, I'm like, like, no, <laughs> that hasn't been the case for me at all. It's the case. I mean, for me, it's been like showing up every day, the power of like showing up even when you don't feel like it. I mean, mm-hmm. that can translate to any moment of life, um, but specifically my spiritual life, um, that's been the case. So um, I don't know all the things that I just said, but I would say I mean, those are like the, kind of the, <laughs> the, the main the main points. There's probably like a million other small things, but no one's going to want to listen to five more hours of this. So. <laughs> I would, but you know, I'm in the show, so it's weird. Um, so the last question that I ask all my guests, um, how do you define being a woman or womanhood? Oh my gosh. Um, that's a good question. I should have listened more to (laughs) other guests. I like to, um, but I would say like, man, strength. Like I think more and more we're being women are being highlighted. Um, their strength is being highlighted. Um, the, (laughs) the obvious, um, discrimination against women is being highlighted, Mm -hmm. you know, and like how we deal with it. And, um, honestly, like our capacity for, for being able to move in this world, especially like when you're a woman of color, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, I just, I, yeah, I would say like strength and, um, and how inspired I am by the women around me. Um, I have incredible, like incredible examples of that. Um, badass, <laughs> but yeah, I mean like the, the reality is, is like, there's like a lot of, um, discrepancies with the way that, is that the right word? The way that we move through the world versus, mm-hmm. um, but I think, man, we just, like, if you, like, look at women throughout history, and then especially even now, like, it just, there's, like, an an immeasurable strength that women have that um, is not, is often not highlighted, but um, has always been present, I think. That's, like, one thing. What was the original question? (laughs) I, like, I'm getting, like, I'm getting distracted by all the things that I could say, but then I keep saying the same thing, so. No, it was great. I mean, I was just asking, you know, how do you define being a woman or womanhood? And I think you described it delightfully (laughs) in your own words. Yeah, I'm here for it. There's lots of other things, but I would say that's, like, a. Awesome. Do you have anything you'd like to promote, shout out? last thoughts haikus you know yeah I guess especially this time we we talked about it a a couple of times but like just to recap like it's okay not to be okay we're all experiencing a collective trauma and experiencing a lot of grief for I mean like especially the more and more information that comes out about like the repercussions of this pandemic and the way that it's going to affect our economy and our way of life and um yeah it's okay to like be productive it's okay not to be productive Mm -hmm. um and in the midst of it reach out to your people (laughs) so 
It's a good closing thought. I support it. Thank you. Thank you. Carolina, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest. Um, thank you to all the listeners. Uh, we'd love for you to connect with the show. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at prettyfacelady3. Um, and if you want to send us any questions, comments, concerns, haikus, um, if you want to be a guest on the show, if you know somebody that should be a guest on the show, um, feel, feel free to email us at prettyfacewomen at mtapfpodcast.com. And talk to you soon. Bye-bye.